Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Welcome back to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. I'm Coach Alan DeRitter. I'm the head soccer coach at De La Salle for the boys and also uh, the uh, director of coaching for Soccer Innovations of America. We always start off our show with a prayer. So in the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us be on the air. Thanks for the time that we had off, the sabbatical time. I pray now that we can get this uh, show moving and get the season uh, rolling in the right direction and that uh, this show would be a conduit to help that take place. Uh, I pray that we always do what you want and that uh, and that we keep soccer fair and we keep soccer clean and make it a sport that continues to grow in Louisiana. Christ's name we pray, amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. All right, for those of you who might be new to the show, we've been on the air for years. It's just uh, we started in August in 04 and and uh, I, I took a, I took a couple of months off, y'all, because really we always talk about how we are supposed to put our priorities first, and your wife and your children should be your first priority. But I don't know about y'all, but how much how much is that true? You know, like uh, I'm the head coach for our boys team. I'm supervising or trying to make sure that the girls team here at Dulles is well run. Um, I can't coach the girls anymore. I just those of you who've been listening to the show, you know, so you know how much respect I have for girls coaches. But I'm also the director of coaching at Soccer Innovations. All right, that means it doesn't mean just coaching. Okay, I'm also the president. So that means I have to balance the books. I have to get people registered and do all the hoops. There's so many hoops registering players. You coaches in here of Coach Club, if you don't have to do any of your paperwork, you need to give the person that does all your paperwork a very nice Christmas present. It is tedious, and I don't care what Got Soccer says, it is not easy, okay, for somebody who's not, like, uh, uh, prone to computers and stuff like that. Then, of course, you know, to pay the bills, I'm a teacher. You know, my soccer club doesn't make me any money that I can I can live off of, you know, because we're trying to break this cycle of, of, of pay for play uh, and put our money where our mouth is, quite honestly, and um, – uh, I'm trying not to be in the red this year, but usually at the end of the st- semester, I'm in the red, paying for it with uh, with my own money. So I'm trying my best here, and I try to get all these ducks in a row. But uh, honestly, all those things that and, and lesson plans, everybody, don't forget that I'm a teacher. So um, to put a radio show there too, something's got to give. You only have 24 hours in a day, and you got to take care of your body. You got to rest and. So uh, my life was way out of balance. I, I think it still is, but I think it's now balanced enough that uh, that uh, I can go back on the air. So I'm glad to be back on the air. Um, I'm going to do this as long as I really can and have it not interfere with my priorities. Well, tonight's show is really about the uh, the what we perceived as a new ruling from the LHSAA, but in reality is not a new ruling. It's been on the books since January, and just nobody discovered it until just now. 
Javadrine's going to be talking to us. He's, of course, an authority. He's on the higher upper echelon in both LSA and LHSAA. And I think it's been a really good thing. Him and Sean Esker um, really uh, sharing th those kind of cap capabilities uh, between the two. And uh, uh, it keeps us in balance with the LHSAA and also helps LSA to not schedule things that are, that are going to interfere with LHSAA stuff. So far, so good. And I want to have a little side caveat uh, about Sean Esker. You know, he went through cancer, uh, and really we didn't know anything about it. And that's the, that's the ultimate mark of a professional, that you can just continue to do your job as well as you do as he did it. I mean, he's a master. I don't know about y'all, but uh, he's an expert at what he does and, and, uh, and didn't, didn't miss a beat having to fight cancer. I mean, I'm very, very impressed with that. I'm very proud to have him as our president, and I hope he hears this, and I hope that he, he also gets accolades from all of y'all for what he did for LSA in the last uh, two years with COVID and everything else going on in his personal life. Okay, well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Chad Vadrine about these quote-unquote changes in LHSA soccer coaching policy on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. At the Olive Branch Cafe, only the freshest ingredients go into everything we serve. Our dough is prepared daily, and now the West Bank's best-tasting pizza is delivered 10.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. seven days a week. The Olive Branch Cafe, Marrero and Algiers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. And now we're here with Chad Vadrine, one of the authorities on, on soccer statewide. Welcome back to the show, Coach. Thanks, Alan. Good to be back. All right. Let's just jump right to it. Uh, I talked to Mr. Federico the other day, and uh, uh, and he informed me that this was nothing new, that, that this was approved in January. So could you explain the practice rule uh, in layman's terms? Uh, it was put in originally to take out the four versus one player, the coach rule that you were allowed to train and out of season during school year. And it was really a baseball softball type exception that was added in, but people started taking advantage of it where you can train four kids every day, four different kids, um, and with one coach. So that was going on for a few years. And like I said, it was mostly for baseball softball, but then that got taken out in January with the intent of doing what we have now. And whether why it was under the radar a little bit, it seems that the basketball folks knew more about it, maybe than all of us, because I can tell you most of the football folks kind of got caught off guard with it as well. Um, so, uh, I mean, you know, when, when I first saw it, people were asking me because uh, Coach Ray had put the, uh, the post up on the board, and that was the first I'd ever heard about it. And I knew, I mean, when Coach Ray put it up, there's definitely something behind it because Ray's very into uh, everything with LHSA, and he knows his stuff. So that's when I called Michael, and Michael told me the whole story behind it, which I was under, I was under our radar as well on the Coaches Association when it came to that. So, I mean, the main point is it has to be an administrator at your school that okays it. They have to have, you want to give it your school, make sure you have the right set of rules that your school wants you to follow. Um, Cause I'm sure there's going to be some issues with, uh, with player sharing and everything else for those that are out of season. Um, so that's going to be up to your school and everything to decide all that. But as far as it is with LHSA, it's, it's whatever you want to do. I mean, you, you control your own, your own team and everything as long as your administrator allows you to use the campus 
to, to train on. All right. Uh, you don't have to answer this question, but do you think this is a good thing? Uh, yes, I do. I think, I, I mean, I always think less, less is better when it comes to overreaching. And honestly, how do you enforce that? And I think probably they, they started seeing glimpses of this, how hard it is to enforce things whenever the, all the COVID complaints started coming in. That, oh, this team's practicing already and they shouldn't have been practicing. You know, when you have all this type of stuff, eventually you got to let the local education authority and the principals control their campus when it comes to what's going on on them. And if everybody has the same opportunity to do that, then it's fair. I mean, there's no clear advantage to anybody else um, as long as they handle it on their own, you know, situation. I do think it's fair and it's going to help soccer for public rural schools that don't have a lot of club players, that they can actually take their players and pretty much practice them year-round, the ones that aren't playing football, the ones that aren't playing a sport at the time, and keep them getting touches on the ball. It's kind of like the old seventh hour P thing that when you had that, that was a clear advantage for soccer that you could do that year round. Pretty much everybody has that advantage now that you can do it after school for those that aren't in a sport. So instead of just keeping them in shape or letting them hit a weight room, you can do all that still and you can incorporate the ball work for it and, and ball work and your conditioning and everything else. So I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I, he was telling me about people who were abusing it to the point that they would be coaching four kids in our shifts Right, because technically that was the, the the way the rule was intended. It was supposed to be four kids that day. Period. The next day you could do four different kids, and it was per sport, you know, not per coach. So then you started having different assistants doing different four. Then you had, but the way it was written, it wasn't very very explicit. I think, and I I really think there was probably some enforcement issues on it because of that. Yeah, indeed. Now the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, why don't we just get rid of the six-player rule in club? And then I started realizing that unless we allow all of these high schools to start playing seven v seven competitively year-round, that wouldn't be fair because there's nothing that trains a player better, in my opinion, than gameplay. Do you think the six-player rule should stay intact? No. Okay, why not? Well, I think it's pointless. I thought it was pointless to begin with. I thought it was there. I think it's put there strictly to stop um, club teams from loading up at one school, basically. You know, and honestly, I think it, that was kind of the start of the unevenness in soccer because the club players are still going to get theirs. It's the coaches that were like me or rural areas or up north that are taking a bunch of players and developing them and so that when they do come to their high school, which – yeah, that could be a shady area when it comes to undue influence. We know that. But that happens everywhere, Al. You know it, Alan. Everybody does it. Like, if you're developing a kid in club, of course that kid's going to be kind of partially undue to come to you because he's seen you coach all the time and he likes playing for you. I would assume he would if he's coming to your school, you know? So that kind of gives you that developing your own program in your own hands without having to depend strictly on club players if you're a school that doesn't have kids that can afford to play club. And that's strictly i'm speaking from experience because that's our area you know we're lucky when we have kids that are good enough to play club and afford club that's the biggest thing you know what i'm saying and, and you know what i'm talking about because you've spent a majority of your life dedicating to those who couldn't afford to play club and making sure they have that experience and you know that's kind of something i like to do around here and we couldn't do that anymore when they put in the rules about undue influence then they put in the parish line rule that's when i had to stop coaching club and developing my kids in our area because now they had a choice to go to me or Apusatai, so there was the chance that we could get hit with undue influence if I continued to coach that. And then they got to where I couldn't do them in high school because of the six-player rule. So you keep taking all these things, and I, I'm telling you, there is no 
kind of correlation. There's a definitely a correlation between our rise and then our kind of our drop the last few years based on our development that we were using, you know, and these rules are going to help schools like us, like schools like us, I would think schools like North Vermillion schools, like, you know, Sam Houston out there that has some club players and, you know, teams like that, that depend on kids to play club or be able to coach them year round and help them develop year round. <laughs> you know, without that, we, we, we can't compete with the teams that are full of club players. Okay, but what I'm worried about is, and I guess it's weird because I would love to, I'm handcuffed with the six-player rule with my own club. I have a bunch of kids who want to play. Alan, honestly, we have about, what is it, four days, seven to eight days till the 31st, and I think that's the deadline for, for proposals. And a proposal needs to be made to take that out for soccer. Okay, but just to be the devil's advocate, okay, so schools like mine and, and other schools similar to mine, uh, they can just load up a club team and play year-round. You don't think that would be a, a, a disadvantage for Beauchamp? Yeah, I mean, it's, but I, honestly, it's been a disadvantage anyway. Um, it's also a disadvantage. Honestly, it's more of a disadvantage this way, Alan, because club players are going to play no matter what, and they're going to go to whatever school. Whatever. You just got to make sure the coach isn't coaching them. You get what I'm saying? Like where – it really doesn't matter to those guys. They're still getting those club players 99% of the time at those yes. schools. It's just very rarely you're not. So it's not going to make a big difference in the makeup of the teams, I don't think. It could get them some more players. It could. But to me, it, it just opens up. It's more fair not to everyone to do something. like that. I think it's going to help LSA. Even I think you'll start seeing more of the lower-tier club-type travel teams again. With That's more of a rec plus type from the old days, if you remember those terminals. Oh, yeah. Um Something like that where you can take kid, some kids and go develop them and go travel at U12 or 13 before they come into school. Get them to, like, for instance, another thing we have, we've got four speeder schools plus a private school that feeds to us. Those kids never play together until they get here. So, like, that's a chance you can get that together, have them playing together before they get here, seeing each other, and kind of feeling as a part of the, the school community before they even get here. You know, it, it's just, it's a positive all the way around. Yes, other people can take advantage of it more than us, probably. But it still helps us, and that's all. I, I I just think less rules and making it more fair is better. Like just worry about eligibility. Worry about making sure nobody's playing ineligible players like that. Making sure the kids are going where they're supposed to go to be eligible, and making their grades and their academics. And to me, less of the other stuff. Let us let us develop our teams. And look, the better teams and the better programs, those are what I'm naturally people are going to want to gravitate to. Okay, now, you know we disagree on this, but I, I was hoping, uh, well, anyway, let's, let's get your spin on this. Do you think this is going to maybe stop the momentum of a public-private split, or it's going to? I think that moment, I mean, and this is all my opinion. I know a lot of people ask me questions dealing with LHSA policy, so this has nothing to do with LHSA policy. It's not, this is probably opposite of the opinion of what LHSA is putting out there. I think the split is done. I think it's coming back together. I think this whole thing that just happened with all the, the stuff making more non-select schools or select schools and non-select, it's coming back together. I don't see any other way. Oh, so you mean the split is done? I think, yeah, I think we're coming back together all across the board. So I don't think soccer split. If you hear the comments, you heard that everything should be split now. And it, honestly, that is my opinion, Alan, and it's always been. Everything or nothing not some sports and not others. It needs to be everything or nothing. And I'm perfectly fine with going back to everything, like not split. 
like like nothing split, I should say. Um, I just I just think that's the way it needs to be, and I think these other rules have now kind of evened it up a little bit, that we can go back to that the way it was prior. Yes, you probably you it's going to probably be harder to win a state championship from one of the big boys, but it's not going to be as hard to develop your team and get your team to be a, as good as they can be. You know what I'm saying? Have the best experience. If it's about just winning state championships, yeah, you're probably right. The big boys are going to get more of the players, the top players. Okay. Now, I mean, my job here on this radio show is to look at all the angles. Right now, personally, I'm excited. I wish the six-player rule was gone because because uh, I have some players that definitely cannot afford to play club that now I had to cut because I can't coach them because they're over six. And so now they're just – I can train them at school now, which is going to be a benefit, but I still believe that – Gameplay is, is is a great great trainer. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so that's going to be the next thing I guess we have to address. But uh, I really appreciate you being on the show because uh, uh, I think it clears a lot of things up for a lot of people. And uh, anyway, I'm going to talk to everybody about what Mr. Federico told me to tell everybody later on. But do you have anything you want to add before we we say goodbye to you? Yeah, I guess uh, one thing is I didn't get to talk to you a lot last year with the whole MLS Next, uh, the TDP team and everything. Um, I think things have kind of been settled down. No, the, the things haven't been fixed in policy. Um, but hopefully there's no incidents like last year where there was confusion about who was eligible or not at the end of the year. Um, the main thing I can tell everybody that's involved with any of that, that um, I've, I've had a lot of contact with TDP people trying to ask what can they do to fix it with LHSA side? Like, how do they fix the policy? And there's something written up that there's somebody's proposing um, to fix it. The exception rules include TDP as they include um, the national leagues for USYS and also the regional leagues and the college showcases to be in that exception. And I think it was well written the way it was written. And I think it, it can pass and it should pass under that scenario. Um, so there's all the main thing all the other coaches need to know is in high school, make sure you get that tournament cleared. If it's a showcase tournament, if once they report to you, if they wait to report, which I think they're supposed to do this year again, and that's the thing they're trying to fix in January with the new proposal. But once they report to you, they can't go play anything else but a college showcase or the national league or, or regional league. So if they are going to that tournament, just make sure it's cleared in writing by LHSA before you okay? I guess that's what I'm saying. So they just make sure you cover yourself. Um, it should all be covered as long as it is a true college showcase. Which I mean, there was like hundreds and hundreds of college coaches there. There's no way you can't say it wasn't a college showcase just because it didn't have it in the name. Right. So right. I think it was all fixed, and and that was the biggest confusion is it didn't fit the description that they had of what a college showcase was tournament. But if you go to where the college coaches were attending, and it wasn't even all of them, it was more than any college showcase I've ever seen. Like how many coaches were attending, and and you're talking about major colleges from everywhere. So that saved that, and I think it's going to be good for this year. But again, always get it in writing. Have your principal or AD or yourself, if if you have the connection with someone else, say to send it in, and they will write you back an email in writing. And that's all you need. As long as you follow those instructions in that writing, you will never get in trouble. Your kids will never get in trouble. Do you think MLS Next is worth it? I think it's definitely on the way to being there. I think it's it's good intentions, everything that they're doing, and it's being done the right way. I think we had a little issue with the communication and the and the lack of understanding of LHSA policy in regards to what they were doing. Um, 
But I think all that's there now, and I think the setup is good for the long run. And I think that's good for the long run for Louisiana, for other maybe clubs to get involved as well. You know what I mean? Like, we're not a big enough state to have a single club that can go out there and, and compete at that level. But if you take a couple of them and put them together and they have a partnership, it does. You know, I think we can. Yeah, Especially I, I starting at the younger too. ages coming up. Especially getting them in that, that type of environment younger like they are. Um, and when we're going to see those kids coming up, that's when we're going to really see it, like paying off, I think. Awesome. Well, Coach, thank you for your time. And uh, and I, I'm glad to hear – I can hear it in your voice that you're kind of pumped up about this year. Oh, and, gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's first a good year, thing. First year, some normal – some like hint of normalcy in three years. So it feels like soccer season's on us for the first time in three years to me. It's, it just – it was so hard. Those everybody knows how hard it was the last year, but we got it done. We got soccer played. Those kids we got some experience at least. But to me, this has that normal feeling again. Like we, it's back to normal this year. Yeah, I, I'm so hoping I don't have to have a. Oops, we got to do contact tracing yep, again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, coach. So thank you very, very much for your time. I, I really do appreciate it. We all appreciate it. God bless. You. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Okay, everybody, and uh, I'll be back with some final remarks after our commercial on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Welcome back to Monday Night Football, and I uh, hope that you uh, uh, understood everything that we were talking about. So it looks like now we can coach now, okay, which is going to be a great, great help to teams that are off the interstate and because uh, really you cannot develop a player in a month. It, it can't happen. If you're going to compete – against the interstate teams like St. Paul's, Jesuit, Dominican, Mount Carmel, okay, St. Thomas More, uh, uh, Catholic High, St. Joseph's. Uh, those teams have club players, and those kids are playing competitively really 10 to 11 months out the year. And if your kid can't afford to go play or your kid, you know, uh, uh, just can't get to a club, now as a coach you can develop them or at least get them ready for uh, your season way ahead of time before it's too late. And with power rankings, it's every game is important. Every game is important. And uh, uh, I've not mastered this power ranking game. Some of you are masters of it. Uh, I'm not. And uh, this is going to give me an opportunity anyway to at least get the kids that cannot afford to play club ball uh, some coaching at this time of year and at least get the rust off their feet, you know. Um, one other thing I would like to add is I really wish they would have changed the six-player rule in club. If we're going to do all this, might as well just throw it all out the window. But I do understand why the state is really kind of digging its heels in with the six-player rule because of the fact that some coaches are just going to take advantage of the rule and overtax their players. And we don't want to see that at all. In my case, uh, I have kids who don't play football, kids who don't play any other sport. They just play soccer. And... I had to cut three from my club team so I could only have six players on my U19 team. And so those three guys have no other club to go to. Uh, I, but with this new rule, I can, of course, do more work. Okay, I can, I can coach them after school a couple of days a week, and I won't be breaking any rules whatsoever and at least try to keep them up to speed. But, hey, let's, let's, let's call it what it is. Development really happens with gameplay, honestly. Um, it's kind of hard to replicate gameplay 
And that's the one advantage of the interstate kids are, are getting. They're playing competitive soccer right now as opposed to, uh, you know, just getting trained. So uh, we haven't balanced the playing field out yet, but I'm hoping that Chad is right in the fact that maybe just maybe the split LHSAA can end. I know it's a popular thing throughout the country to split public and private, but I'm telling you, when it comes to football, I couldn't tell you half the state champions last year. And I coach football to pay for soccer, and uh, uh, that's that's sad. And we can't name our state champions because there's, there's no meaning to it. So hopefully we will unify. Hopefully your principals will be on board with, with uh, staying unified. Um, at least soccer we shouldn't split. Uh, at least this gives the soccer coaches that are suffering in the public realm uh, a chance to uh, get their kids up to speed. I don't know. It sounds exciting to me. Um, and uh, one thing I like to say about the leadership of a Louisiana High School Soccer Coaches Association is it always gets better. You know, our involvement with the state championships get better. The uh, all-star game that, that, that they put on, um, that Chad and Sean really work hard on, with a couple others too, you know. Um, Poke and, um, and it really there's, there's a whole gang of coaches that really work hard. I, I just don't have enough time to be in the LHSCA as a, a leader. Um, but I'm trying to get junior high organized down here in southeastern Louisiana again. But, uh, but the, those guys who do it, I want to remind you all, they do it for zero pay, zero. And time is money. And, um, and that's the main reason why I'm so supportive of them. Period. They do it for nothing, and uh, they give us a great benefit. And really, all of us want what's best for our kids. The thing is, do you want what's best for your kids at the expense of other kids? Uh, and that's what cannot be tolerated. We need to be as fair as possible. And uh, LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Soccer Coach Association and LSA try to do their best to try to all row together so we can make soccer what we know it can be in this country. Anyhow, um, we're going to sign off for today. I really wish you all the best. I, I thank all the fans that, uh, that missed the show while we were off the air. I think now in, I'm at a point in my life where I could start recording everything once a week again. So let me hear what you want to hear about. It's about you, not about me. Uh, I'd like to make sure that this show is worth listening to. Well, I'm going to call it off for the night. Carpe diem in Christ. God bless all of you and your families. And uh, everybody, let's continue to help this sport grow, um, helping one another in the process. Bye-bye.